0: The scripture lesson comes from Psalm 84 how lovely is your dwelling place O Lord of hosts my soul longs indeed it faints for the courts of the Lord my heart and my flesh sing for joy the living God even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young at your altars O Lord of hosts my king and my God Happy are those who live in your house, ever singing your praise, Shalah. Happy are those whose strength is in you, and whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. The God of gods will be seen in Zion. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Shelah. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand el- elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than live in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sign and shield. He bestows favor and honor. No good thing does the Lord withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, Happy is everyone who trusts in you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. to God.
1: So I've got another book for us today. Last week we read the book The Giving Tree and we talked about that. This week we're reading the book Where the Wild Things Are. This is a very fun book. So let's get right into it. and try to read upside down again. The night Max wore his wolf suit and made mischief of one kind and another. His mother called him wild thing. And Max said, I'll eat you up. So he was sent to bed without eating anything. He's mad. That very night, Max's room, in Max's room, a forest grew and grew and grew until his ceiling hung with vines and the walls became the world all around. And an ocean tumbled by with a private boat for Max. And he sailed off through night and day, and in and out of weeks, and almost over a year, to where the wild things are. And when he came to the place where the wild things are, they roared their terrible roars, and gnashed their terrible teeth, and rolled their terrible eyes, and showed their terrible claws. till Max said, Be still, and tamed them with the magic trick of staring into all of their yellow eyes without blinking once. And they were frightened and called him the most wild thing of all and made him king of all the wild things. And now, cried Max, let the wild rumpus start. think they're dancing here and swinging from the trees here and gallivanting here it's a fun word now stop Max said and sent the wild things off to bed without their supper and Max the king of all the wild things was lonely and wanted to be where someone loved him best of all Then, all around from far away across the world, he smelled good things to eat. So he gave up being king of where the wild things are. But the wild things cried, oh, please don't go, we'll eat you up. We love you so. And Max said, no. The wild things roared their terrible roars and gnashed their terrible teeth and rolled their terrible eyes, and showed their terrible claws, but Max stepped into his private boat, and waved goodbye, and sailed back over a year, and in and out of weeks, and through a day, and into the night of his very own room, where he found his supper waiting for him. And it was still hot. The end. Uh, we're going to start off early with the whole call and response thing. Get, a, get it out of the way. If I were to ask you the question, where do you call home, how would you respond? Where I live now. Where I live now. Yeah, now, a pretty easy one. Where my family is? Certainly. Mobile? Mobile? Yeah, that's, uh, you know makes it pretty straightforward, especially for people who aren't around here. Yeah. Wherever my husband is. Wherever my husband is. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. Although, wherever my wife is. Yeah. I don't have a husband. <laughs> um, yeah. What else? Where, where do you call home? It's an interesting question, right? It's, it's kind of a weighty question. Uh, the very concept of home is unspoken. It's difficult to really pinpoint because, for one, it's more than just simply like a house or an apartment or or other dwelling place wherever you might live. Uh, have Have any of you ever moved before? Yeah, probably so. Yeah, same. Like way too many times. Uh, I imagine that after you move from one house or apartment or dwelling place to another, that you no longer called the first one home, right? Suddenly home becomes a different location. So the concept of home isn't very static, it shifts. But uh, then we wonder, is home simply where you are living at the time? Yeah, you know, kinda, yeah. Sure, but it's a little bit more complicated than that, right? Uh, whenever I was in college, I spent most of the year, most of the year, living in the dorms on campus, several hours away from where I grew up. And yet, on, whenever holidays came around, I would still say that I was going home. Even though I lived most of my time in the dorms on campus, home, that concept, wasn't quite there. Whenever I was going back to my dorm room, I never said, I'm going home. If I said, I'm going home, it meant, you know, back to whence I came. So, so even then, uh, it's, it's a little bit more complicated. So what makes something or some place a home? What do you think? Loved ones, yeah. Where you feel a connection, certainly. Yeah. Your comfort zone? zone? So yeah, so the the concept of home is a little heavier than just, you know, a simple, this is where I'm at. There's something deeper there. And uh, I think that we might be able to agree here that it could be summed up in that uh, age-old idiom, home Is where the heart is. Huh? Home is where the heart is. Uh, Funny enough, this quote itself dates back uh, roughly, some scholars suggest I should say, that this quote dates back all the way to the first century with uh, a Roman historian named Pliny the Elder. Now I tried to figure out like his exact quote but uh, I I personally couldn't find it. That's Google for you. but even still, uh, others date this phrase back to a, uh, a book called Scandal uh, from 1857. Uh, but it was that phrase, home is where the heart is, was already being widely circulated in the English vernacular during that time uh, as early as a poem from 1828. Uh, uh, so it's, it's difficult to say where exactly this quote came from, but it's something that we all can resonate with. Home is where the heart is. Uh, the oldest uh, similar expression that we could uh, look back to comes from around the first century as well, though not with Pliny the Elder, but rather with um, Matthew and Luke as well. Both uh, give a similar expression. The gospel writers... Uh, Relay part of Jesus's Sermon on the Mount or Sermon on the Plain if you're reading Luke Where Jesus says where your treasure is there your heart will be also Another interesting concept of home I prefer to look to Elvis Presley Anybody remember his song home is where the heart is? Oh, I won't try to sing it like Elvis sang it, but he said, Home is where the heart is, and my heart is anywhere you are. Anywhere you are is home. I don't need a mansion on a hill that overlooks the sea. Anywhere you're with me is home. Maybe I'm a rolling stone who won't amount to much, but everything that I hold dear is close enough to touch. For home is where the heart is, and my heart is anywhere you are. Anywhere you are is home, 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 home. Ah, so poetic. Much better whenever he's singing it. Probably should have had a track ready for that. Home is where the heart is. Now we need to parse that out a little bit. What does this expression really? mean? Home is where the heart is. Thoughts? There's something emotional about it, right? We can at least say that much. The heart is a common expression for the emotional center of our being. Even though that's not true, your emotions happen up here and your heart just feels whenever it, you know has a physiological response. Uh, Actually, funny enough, back in ancient days, this is a complete digression, but back in ancient days, they actually thought that the emotional center was your gut, and they talked about this as the heart, because you definitely feel the emotions right here a little bit more. Uh, Good times. Home is where there's an emotional connection, where there's something deeper. Home is where things matter, or if you're Max, home is where someone loves you best of all. This is... uh, Whenever I was reading back through this book, uh, preparing for this sermon series, I was reading through dozens of children's books trying to figure out which ones would be uh, best for this series, and, and that one line is the reason why I picked this book. It says, And Max, the king of all the wild things, was lonely and wanted to be where someone loved him best of all." Huh. This is interesting. Not just because of the expression, where someone loved him best of all, but everything that came before that. Right before that expression, he was lonely. In a mass of all of these wild things that want to have fun with him and party with him and do all the things that he likes to do. In a crowd, he was lonely. And not only that, but his title, Max, is being called here in this line the king of all wild things. The king, right? This, this uh, expression comes with certain connotations that this is the person who's at the top. This is the person who has it all. What more could a king want? How could a king be lonely? Does a king really need to be? where someone loves him best of all." This very line is, is filled with such goodness here, such a profound lesson for us to cling to. And it's a lesson that we know. We know this lesson, but that doesn't change the fact that we don't follow this lesson. Last week, as we started talking about the giving tree, I talked about how you know these Children's stories are stories that have these really good lessons in them that we like to teach our kids as they're growing up, but they're the kind of lessons that we don't really care to pay attention to. I don't know if we just feel they're too childish or we feel like, oh, I know that stuff. Yeah, that's great, uh, but if there's no application to our knowledge, it's kind of useless. It's, it's dead space that's uh, just being taken up in our brain. And so we, we know this lesson, which is You can have everything you want, and still not be satisfied. Oh, my mind's uh, starting to sing the song from, uh, from the play Hamilton. He will never be satisfied. Yeah, because there's always going to be something else that we as human beings need, even in the midst of everything else that we could want. In the movie rendition of where the wild things are, which you know has a little bit more creative freedom going on to it, and introduces other characters like Carol, Carol says, uh, expresses about this fantasy world of where the wild things are. Uh, she re- refers to this as a place where only the things you want to have happen would happen. This is a place where only the things you want to have happen would happen, right? This is everything that you want to go right in the world, this is supposed to be the place for it. And yet, even in a place like that, they find themselves longing for home, for the place where someone loves you best of all. Uh, This expresses a similar sentiment that Max feels in the book. Whenever he wants to act however is most enjoyable for him, he puts on his wolf costume and, uh, and causes a ruckus here and there all over the place, and he wants to act as wild as he wants to act, but acting however we may want to act doesn't really get us to the place we need to be. I don't know if you've ever, if you've ever tried to engage with a person in an argument on Facebook or other social media you can act as wild as you want to act on Facebook or social media. You could, you could be as uh, I mean, actually crazy as you would like to be and as heartless as you would like to be. And did you know it doesn't change people? It doesn't change their minds? <laughs> that entire argument that, the, that people set up in the comments section for some reason they feel entitled to, it doesn't change anything because acting however we want isn't what life is all about. The things that do end up changing people, changing their perspectives, changing their worldview, is being in healthy, harmonious connections with people who have differing views than themselves. We don't have a whole lot of that these days. What he learns, Max that is, is that a life of fun and frivolity is nothing compared to a life of love and a sense of home. A sense of home, where the heart is, where someone loves you best of all. And this is where we turn to Psalm 84, our scripture lesson today. This, uh, Psalm 84, might be the most lovely psalm written in scripture, objectively, And that's not just my opinion, but objectively the most lovely psalm written in Scripture because it starts out by saying, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord? And that adjective, lovely, there, yadidot in Hebrew, is only used one other time in Scripture. One other time. The adjective, lovely. How lovely is your dwelling place? So that's why I say, objectively, this could be considered the most lovely psalm there is. Uh, it describes what it means to be where God is. And, and this is one of the psalms that is attributed to the sons of Korah. Now, here's like way too much history that you probably don't care about, but uh, Korah was the leader of a rebellion, uh, uh, why uh, Long time before this was actually written. And uh, in that rebellion, there was all kinds of chaos that went on. But the descendants of Korah, who were a part of the priestly lineage, eventually realized what happened that made, the, made everything go so wrong in this rebellion. Why this rebellion even happened to begin with? It was because people weren't focused on the things that mattered. People were focused on accumulating power. People were uh, focused on living life however they wanted to. And the sons of Korah, who this, these psalms are attributed to, uh, write that rather than those things that humanity could pursue, perhaps the most lovely thing we could pursue is the dwelling place of God. And verse two goes on to say, "My soul long, in, it longs indeed; it faints for the courts of the Lord." Uh, this is from this line is a, an adaptation from another psalm, Psalm 42, also attributed to the sons of Korah, uh, and one of my favorite uh, points of scripture in the entire 66 books that are available to us that says, as the deer longs for water, so my soul thirsts for you, God. My soul longs for God, for the living God. When shall I come and meet with God? And this psalm this, uh, continues that thought exactly 42 chapters later. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my king. And my God, happy are those who live in your house, ever singing your praise. Do you hear how the authors here are giving a description of home? A home that's worth going to. A home that matters. A home that is where the heart is. A home that encompasses where someone loves you best of all. The psalmist even goes so far in verse 10 to say, For a day in your courts is better than thousands elsewhere. Anywhere else in the world, thousands of days in those places cannot compare to a single day in the courts of the Lord. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than live in the tents of wickedness. Right here, this verse 10 is expressing that it's better to have a simple role of service in the presence of God than to enjoy a life of leisure among the wicked, among those who only want to do what they see fit, to live the lives that they feel they should live. Psalm 84 is a psalm of home, of that's meant to prescribe longing to us, a desperation to be where God is. And if home, as we have said, is where someone loves you best of all, I must ask, who loves you better than God? Who loves you better than God? The God of agape, unconditional, self-sacrificial love, The God who has been pursuing you from the beginning of time. The God who will relentlessly chase after you all of your days. Who loves you better than that God? Perhaps home is where God is. And so my challenge for each and every one of us today is to find your home in God. It's it's easy for us to pursue things that we think we want. But our wants never satisfied like the feeling of home. (laughs) I'm reminded of an expression that I've uh, heard recently as a friend of mine is currently uh, looking to buy a boat. And you might have heard this expression before. The two happiest days in a boat owner's life are the day he buys a boat and the day he sells that boat. (laughs) Because the things that are truly worth pursuing in life are the things that encourage Connection, not the things that we might feel like we want just to satisfy, because they never do satisfy. It's that connection, it's that home that we seek. If home is where the heart is, or home is where someone loves you best, I think our best bet is hedged on God who holds our heart, who loves us unconditionally. So, I leave you with one question as we continue to pursue the thought of home. Where is God? Because you see, this is a question that the Israelites had to wrestle with for a very long time, particularly when they found themselves in exile. Where is God? If you were to ask an Israelite all the way up through the exile, where is God? They would say, the temple. That is where God is. We go to the temple to meet with God. And it wasn't until Ezekiel came along, the prophet Ezekiel, that the concept that God goes with the people even started to become a a, a notion that they could grasp. But God doesn't just go where we go. God goes into the darkness, into the hardship, into the suffering of other people. If you notice, whenever God becomes manifest in human form, incarnate in Jesus Christ, Jesus rarely goes to the temple. A handful of times, sure. But where he goes most frequently is where people are hurting. And he calls his disciples to follow him where people are hurting. Because there is where they meet God. There is where they find home among other people who are loved by God. This very thought birthed the church. Home is where the heart is. Home is where you are loved best. Home is where God is going to call you. So find your home in God. Let us pray.